listening to the best bits of the Breakfasters from 3 R. You are listening to Breakfasters. Uh, I was talking earlier about um, did a lot of travelling over over the weekend. Yes. Um, and so on um, Sunday morning was driving to from Old Bar, which is the town. Um, Old Bar? Yeah, it's called Old Bar. It's Great a, name for a town. Yeah. It's very confusing. One, one, one word or two words? <laughs> two words, yeah. Old bar. Uh, very confusing if you, when you get booked for a gig, though. <laughs> <laughs> do you want to do a gig at, at Old Bar? Yes, please. <laughs> That'd be great. Oh, no, that's a it's significantly <laughs> further away from home than I was expecting. <laughs> uh, but um, the gig itself was just amazing. It was one of those gigs, it, you know, it's a pretty small town. It's a, it, old Bar, it's, like, it's near Tauri, so it's about halfway between Newcastle and Port Macquarie. And it's on on oh. the on the beach there, um, and it was beautiful. Went for a nice walk on the beach while I was there, mm. um, and I had uh, another comment that was there. Um, Tommy Little he went for a, a swim. Um, he goes, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna get in, and he said it got rough pretty quick. Wow, oh. really? It was just really. He went, oh, geez, it was a bit very very rippy. He was the only one out there? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. And then and then it was afterwards that he. Um, the locals told him about the sharks there. They oh. go, yeah, they go, we get a lot of sharks here. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> Gets a bit nippy sometimes. <laughs> um, <laughs> he was like, oh, I'm glad I know that after. Oh. I was just looking in. It's a tourist town renowned for great surfing, fishing by river, beach or rocks and various water sports. Yeah. yeah never heard of it. Yeah, neither. Neither had I. And uh, and I was very glad to go there. There was the, the Old Bar Tavern, which is where I um, did the gigs. And the guy that um, that runs it, like the um, pub, what, what do you call The publican, I guess? Yes. Yeah, the publican. Yeah, the publican is uh, mad for putting on entertainment. Like, and the things that he's organised, though, uh, just a bit of everything. He had pig racing. He's had a rodeo. <laughs> 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 How did he compete with pig racing? racing? <laughs> you have to be oh a pig guy. <laughs> Apparently, he's very, very popular amongst the amongst the children of the town. Mm-hmm. Pig racing. Um, Was that a problem when you were getting up to do your thing? That that. You know, like they we were pigs. Were on and you're competing. <laughs> well, I was going to say that you know they weren't maybe used to comedy. They were people they're expecting to see some pigs race. Well, I think they were very much aware that the pig racing had <laughs> been and gone, <laughs> and it was now time for the old bar tavern comedy festival. Like he didn't call it a comedy night; he called it a, a festival. A festival. <laughs> I love that so much. <laughs> it was so great, and then. <laughs> <laughs> it was really, so um, there was a bunch of us, and then um, the guy, uh, the comic owner, this guy Andy Saunders, is a brilliant um, uh, comic, and he's like, "Come, come on, uh, there's a there's a green room. I'll take you to the green room." And I'm like, "Like it's just in a normal bar." And I'm like, "Where's the green?" And he goes, "It's upstairs." And I'm like, "Come on, I'll take you through." And we just walk through out the back, and it opens the gate, and we go upstairs, and then we walk in, and it's like. This is not a green room. This is somebody's house. Oh <laughs> <laughs> it was just the green room. Was the guy 
Mike, who, who runs it, oh my it was his house. And he just set up his, the lay of the TV on for us. And oh, the, that's really lovely. And then, like, a you know, on the kitchen table he'd put out, you know, he had a rider there for us. He had some um, chips oh, and snacks nice. and stuff. And it was just like, this is amazing. I wonder <laughs> if you got better treatment than the pigs would have got. Yeah, probably. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, and, and it was just one of those, it's that type of gig where they're so open and hospital and they just love the fact that you're there and they're just, you know, so excited. Um, and it was just a, a really, really fun gig where, and then afterwards people are just like, oh, can I get a photo and just oh, hanging awesome. ra- Yeah, everyone was so into it. It was so great. Um, but I couldn't hang out for too long. I did. I had a, had a few drinks. And then um, I had to, you know, go home. I had to get some sleep because we had to be up at like five o'clock the next morning to get to New, drive to Newcastle to for, the, for this flight. Um, and we, um, I was driving back with the, another comic, Kevin Coppinieri, mm. um, who's an, an, an Aboriginal comic, and also um, his partner was driving for us. So, uh, and on the way, he goes. We stopped off with some um, just to get a little something to eat mm. on the way, and we went to um, a place called Ayers Rock Roadhouse, <laughs> which is um, oh uh, yeah, it is oh my god, <laughs> so. Like you think Ayers Rock, right. And it's Ayers Rock Roadhouse because it, it's built, I think it used to be owned by the Leyland Brothers. Remember the Leyland oh, Brothers? Oh, yeah, yeah. So it was this, you know, kind of touristy kind of thing. So they had, you know, it's it looks like Ayers Rock. Okay. Uluru. Uluru. <laughs> so leaving aside the calling it Ayers Rock, mm. well, why was it near Newcastle? I mean... Seems a bit random. Yeah, that's a very good point. Uh, I don't know. Why is the big <laughs> merino in where it in Goulburn? Oh, maybe because there's lots of merinos. Yeah. There. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. Know. I think the the Leyland brothers were trying to, you know, cash yeah, in. Yeah. Yeah. Um, anyway, but it it gets worse. Oh God. <laughs> I'm just googling the Leyland brothers to remember who they were. They used to do documentaries and travel yeah, around world, Australia. Leyland brothers world. Uh, do you remember that, Jeff? No. No, no, no I remember they did have a song. Yeah, that, I just sang it, oh, Max. I think that was the the Leland Brothers world. That, that was the start of their... Um, people can text in and back me up on that. <laughs> um, I don't think that was the song at all. <laughs> uh, but you go in and it was just... Oh, man, the... I... We walk in and there was the <laughs> biggest... <laughs> the biggest display... Of some from cra- some some craft, right? But it was all. Oh no! It was all gollywogs. Oh my! <laughs> it was just oh my no. god! That is so. And I walked in. What? Oh my god! With two First Nation people, and I'm like, and they just, oh, they thought it was soap. They're just like, what? Uh, <laughs> oh, what? How could and it's so like it was if like. Like, how could you decide? <laughs> you this decorate more offensive. I can't do this. <laughs> decorate your ears, rock your cafe ears. with some golly walks. There's a whole a whole display. There's a whole. There was like human sized dolls. Oh, <laughs> I didn't and even know they made them human-sized. <laughs> oh, they had... <laughs> Where do you even get a human-sized gold? Oh, oh, they made them. Racist.com. They had um, 
they had a whole wall of just these glue was just pinned to the wall and I'm standing oh next to Kevin going, it is this. Oh my God. <laughs> He's like, oh, mate, I can't believe it. It's so full on. There was like uh, like slippers, like like um, kids' dresses and, um, you know, baby clothes. Oh. And it was like just all gollywog themed. All gollywog. You could get a chopping board with a gollywog on it. You could oh, get. Actually, this is. Did you think it was a joke or like a political statement? Yeah, were they trying <laughs> to like? No, they just had totally. They just and they had. They even had a little um, display of where the gollywog came from. How it oh was a fictional. <laughs> and it's like, do you reckon? I reckon they just put that up there to kind of help justify why it's <laughs> why it's there. But they were just oh man. Was, it, was there still Leyland Brothers stuff? No, no, in they, no, no, no. They they'd all gone. It was just a roadhouse. It was just like a you know a cafe. And one of the worst cap oh uh, <laughs> was I thought like I bought a sandwich. Um, was for, it a gollywog themed sandwich? <laughs> 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 it was pretty. It was it was just as bad. It was. Oh, like I started eating and I went, oh, I'm going to get food poisoning from this. Really? I just throw it out. I went, this, like the bread was stale and I'm like, I can't, I can't eat a chicken sandwich where the bread is stale. That is, this is not good. And I had to throw it out. And then like the plane when I was flying home, oh man, I had this, I I had a little nap on the plane and then I woke up just going, oh, oh no, like just having that. You know when the first stage of nausea? Yeah. Yeah. It's just like. Twinge. And you're just like, oh, and your mouth goes a bit weird. Yeah, and you're like, I think I'm not quite sure if I'm gonna be okay. But thankfully, can I just tell you, lots of people have yeah. texted in too. Apparently, it goes travel over the countryside, ask the Leylands, ask the Leylands. Yeah, so I just made up that tune. Yeah. yeah, no, that does stir some memories. Does it? Travel all over the countryside, ask the Leyland yeah. Brothers. There That's not go. the one you were singing. Whoa, the Leyland Brothers world. Someone back me up on that one. <laughs> That's <good>. <laughs> <laughs> just make that up. Can I do, uh, just quickly, I'll just go, um, there was one uh, I found uh, on Google um, where you're writing your resp- What's that word that I'm like looking for? Like a review. For? Review, thanks. Oh, yeah. <laughs> this, is, um, this sums it up. <clears throat> Uh, this is for the Ayers Rock Roadhouse. This roadhouse is dirty, poorly maintained and comes with terrible food and drink quality and service. There is also an incredibly inappropriate and racist gollywog shop attached to the takeaway <laughs> store. <laughs> we waited for too long, hoping to buy two bottled drinks after 15 minutes, gave up and bought them from the subway next to it. Their service was fast, friendly and professional. Great work, subway. <laughs> Three triple R. You're listening to Breakfasters uh, here on Triple R. Um, yesterday, I would have what I would call a very lesbian day. <laughs> really? Yeah. Sorry you couldn't come along. Oh, well, um, another time perhaps. <laughs> it was uh, unplanned and I enjoyed every bit of it. How lovely. Now, when I say very lesbian day, Jeff, what do you think? That, no, don't. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, that would be such a setup. Wouldn't it? <laughs> it started. We, um, Sarah and I went to a what would you call it? A uh, sensuality shop. Sensuality shop. Okay. Yeah. Women. Sen- yeah. Sensuality shop. Women's sensuality. Sure. Yeah. So, well, it's for men as well. Oh yeah, men can go there as well. Yeah. yeah yep. Yeah. What? It is. Yep. It's yeah. for everyone actually. Yeah. What happens in this sensuality shop. <laughs> 
Central well, Times, Jeff. Yeah. Central Times. They've got some books. Uh, they've got some um, sex toys, vibrators, and things like that. In yeah, a very sure. tasteful display. Yeah, it's very lovely. It's very lovely. It's yeah. very welcoming. It's not like. I've scary. never been there before, and I'm very glad that you took me there. So thank you for that. That's all right. Um, and what prompted this? <laughs> just <laughs> felt like. I just a, yeah, we just wanted to have a look. You uh, you told me uh, about it, and I like the only kind of um, sex shops I'd been to were those just the uh, um, big ones, you know the yeah the gross, chain store ones yeah the, the <laughs> ones that are really overwhelming and gross. Yeah. Uh, no, not gross, just overwhelming. It, we, I had to pick something up for a friend for a hen's party that oh, we were going to. Okay. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> 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 a bit out of the show finishes. <laughs> off to a sex shop. Yeah. <laughs> it's all and right. And I told Jess I had to go and do it and she goes, I'll oh, come along. I yeah. said, all right. Ah, okay. So right. You, you'll love this place. It's yeah. very lovely and welcoming. And there's it was, and so much information. Smells from, nice. Yeah. And, yeah. The, the woman that was working there, she knew a lot of la- about lube. Yeah. I wanted to... Didn't know we were going to go into this much detail about the yeah. conversation. Yeah. Oh, sorry. That's all right. But it was just, a really... Just look at Jeff's face and yeah, it's really then you'll co- understand why I want to go into more detail. He's coping with this conversation. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so it was great. I really I, um, enjoyed that part. It was great. And then, um, then afterwards we uh, went to Ikea. Then we went to Ikea because oh. I said to Jez, we left and I said, oh been meaning to do this for a while and I've also been putting off going to Ikea to buy things for about over 12 months, I'd say. I've had a list of things and she said, let's do it now because we were just near Ikea. Because that's what I said. I said, oh, we're very close to Ikea. We could just oh. pop in. And I didn't want to do it, but I did it because Jez was there and she was very positive and, re- yeah. and, and uh, assured me that it wouldn't be difficult. Which you, you made it not difficult. It wasn't, was it? No. You don't think? It wasn't busy. I parked easily in the car park. Yeah. I got a bit overwhelmed walking through Ikea. Oh, it's, because it's very overwhelmed. It is, it, and also I realise it feels like it's all designed to make you think that your life is totally incomplete without everything in there. Yes. Up until I'd visited it, I thought my life was great and then I just thought my house is bare. You don't have these weird Swedish bathrooms and things. Yes, and I, and I feel like I need Swedish boxes everywhere holding yeah. all my things in them. So or boxes. Facebook's on shelves. Yeah. Yes. Here's the thing, though, uh, classic rookie mistake from both of you here yeah. going to Ikea <laughs> is you know what you want and yeah. you walk in there and you don't stop and look at everything else. The amount of times that I had to stop and wait for you to catch up because <laughs> you were looking at some little thing, like, oh, I just want to see what the, yeah, no, well, that is rookie mistake, I mate. was, and I was getting sucked in the further. It goes forever. I've yeah. got certainly got a lot to learn about going to Ikea. I wouldn't have known to prepare myself by going to a sex yeah, shop well, first. <laughs> <laughs> Another rookie mistake, no doubt. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's very good, Jeff. Yeah. Well done. It's funny. Yeah. Um, but the other thing about IKEA, all the stuff, like you say, it looks so great when it's in there. Mm. But actually, when you get it home, it's usually just kind of crappy. Yeah, the way awful they put furniture. it. The way they put it together. No, not always. Some of it's all right. Yeah, I've got a lot I have of to bag out it. Yeah. All IKEA furniture. Yeah. Can't all afford the vintage foot brushes and. <laughs> You get <laughs> online for oh, that's what things I that you got to see. Jeff's furniture yeah. is amazing, in a good way. Uh, but yeah, so we did. We we went to there, and we you helped me make some decisions, like really important decisions, like should I get something that was just matte white or high gloss white? That was a oh. conversation that went for about ten minutes. Yeah. What um, particular item were you? And Jeff assured me. You know, all I needed yesterday was one of those cube shelves that you put vinyls in. 
You know yeah. the cubes, like the six cubes? Oh, yeah. And uh, But that process took a lot longer than I thought it would because I got a bit distracted. Because you kept on stopping. Because I wanted other things. I and then I, I, things. I took her to the um, – I said, well, go check out the bargain centre as well, um, which is which, just full of items that people have returned for I discounted, know, right? Know. It didn't really – this is like a centre. It was a room that was yeah, about was four metres. Like full of yeah, yeah. old broken stuff. And yes. I, th- I was imagining she said, let's go to the bargain centre. And I thought, this sounds great. <laughs> and she walks into this room with a pile of – Crap in it. Well, no, it wasn't crap. You just, you never know. Well, it's you can the, see why they the call it the bargain centre rather than the crap centre. Yeah. The crap hole. But you just, you just never, you never know. There was some couple of nice red chairs in there. They were great. Oh, the chairs were so, nice, yeah. But it's, it's good to go in there because sometimes you find what you're looking for in there. Really? Yeah. Has that ever happened to you? Yes, really? it did. I found chairs in there that I wanted. This, um, the stuff that you bought, does it need assembly? Yeah, it's still in the back of my car. Oh yeah, because so Andrew had his hands full last night, and we we're meant to go out and get it out. So and I also, put it together today. I also discovered how very weak Sarah is. <laughs> oh my god, I'm so weak. I'm <laughs> trying I I, to get this oh, thing the off the. Pack. My muscles are yeah. atrophied. Is that what they call it when, yes. they, when they eat oh. themselves? Oh. It was next. I couldn't believe. Like like maybe is it like heavy down your end? Little, little arms <laughs> trying to hold something. Yes. <laughs> it was so amazing. Jess goes, grab the other end of the box, and I picked it up and literally collapsed to my knees. I was like, ah. Oh. <laughs> it's so bad. Oh, I couldn't wait. And then, but when we went to the bargain centre though. <laughs> In the, 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 the extra room, I said, because we had the, the trolley all loaded up with a big, you know, flat pack, and I said, just leave your trolley here and then we'll just walk through because it's only small, just walk through. And you obviously did not pay attention to that. <laughs> just walk this trolley through. And I'm like, how? There's no room for, for manoeuvring in here. And then had, it was very entertaining, though, like, trying to watch Sarah... Remove, maneuver this trolley around this bargain centre <clears throat> and try and get it out again. Anyway, you did very well Thank at that. Thank you. Thank you very much. So I got to go to IKEA. It was we, good. We completed our day. Just help me pack it all in the car. Can't we put the seats down? No, you didn't yep. complete your day because completing the day would have been assembling it. Oh, I think I need Kath for that. Maybe. Kath. Yeah. Well, did you, I sent you a text? Oh, I didn't reply to that. Yeah, that's all right. She's aware of that. I've also, <laughs> I was in the middle of something. Kath has offered to come and have a look at my bathroom and my kitchen if I have them over for dinner. Yeah. Okay. I don't know what that means, but maybe she just, give me some advice. No, she wants to come over for dinner and she wants to get in your bathroom and measure everything up so then she can start designing. I'm going to pay her to do yeah. my bathroom. Oh, I need oh, my don't bathroom pay her. as well. Yeah. Oh, yeah, well... No, get out of it. Get it. <laughs> Invite us over for dinner and then we'll, we'll come around and enjoy it. And then to top my, my lesbian day off, I went to Bunnings uh, at the end of the day and uh, bought a new shower screen that Kath will assemble at some point during this week. Well done. Thank you. Three. Triple. Time to talk film here on Breakfasters with Simone Yabaldi. How are you going, Simone? Good morning, all. Good morning. A bit cold out there. Oh, it's chilly. I yeah. need a jacket and a jumper. Oh. <laughs> it's that time of year. But we're not here to talk about the weather. I can keep going if you like. <laughs> uh, what film have you seen for us? Well, I've seen Breath, which um, obviously has been out for a week already, so there's been a lot of hubbub. And and I is it Breath? It, yeah, I thought it's Breath. 
breath, it's isn't breath. it? on the end. Oh, it's yeah. breath, isn't yeah. it? That's breath. right. That's what we just, sorry. Uh, we had but I know as soon as you get that in your head, it does your head in and you keep thinking, breath, breathe, breath, breathe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My partner and I were staring at the film poster and he kept saying, breathe, it's called breathe. I'm like, you just can't speak English. This is not about the movie. We've spoken about it because we did interview Simon Baker a week ago and we all had to kind of establish how we pronounced it before we I think when I was introducing it, I'd just mumble it. Here's breath. So Breath, which is, of course, based on uh, Tim Winton's Miles Franklin award-winning novel about two boys coming of age on the southwestern coast of Australia um, and coming under the spell of a surf guru. Uh, The two boys are called Pikelet and Looney, and when we meet them, they're 13 years old, and they're sort of killing time in a small town in the 1970s, which means no devices uh, and very awkward bikes that don't seem to function very well. <laughs> they are awkward bikes, they are very, they? Those, yeah. those, What do you call them, those low riders? Low riders. Yeah, yeah they look cool, though. That's the important thing. Um, and not having much to do until they stumble across the ocean, which they apparently had never seen before prior to the age of 13. <laughs> and... Uh, stumble across a man named Sando, a retired surfing champion who, with his American wife, has made this particular far-flung corner of the world his home. And uh, the two boys under Sando's tutelage become, in the space of a couple of years, um, big wave riders. <laughs> so they go from two-footers to 20-footers in the space of a couple of years. And essentially the film is about it is about coming of age. It is about the difference between... Pikelet and his best mate Looney's character and the fact that Looney, because he's been a bit brutalised by the world, um, feels like he has less to lose when throwing himself in the mouth of fear, whereas Pikelet is very afraid of things. Um, It's about bonds between men and the way that they can be betrayed and ultimately, it's about some kinky sex stuff, which I <laughs> yeah. was not expecting. The kinky, no. you know, if you haven't come read a bit the book, from nowhere. the mm. kinky sex stuff does feel like it comes out of the blue. But, it, it, you know, yeah. If you haven't read the book, if you haven't read the book, yes, yeah. So the, I think the film has absolutely made me want to read the book, um, oh. which and which I haven't done. I'm so sorry to say. I feel like this is really un-Australian, but I've never read Tim Winton. That's okay. Because people just said he's for, he's mm. for dudes, which is probably silly as he's a national treasure and whatnot. But anyway, that's why. Um, but it actually uh, raised a lot more questions for me than it answered. In terms of what's really... what I mean, we've all seen it. So, yes. So we're going to weigh in. Did the you guys class, enjoy the movie? <laughs> I know that you guys enjoyed Gold Class because we've talked about that already. <laughs> it's not like he was talking about. I, yeah, thought, I thought it was a really well-made and beautiful-looking film. Mm. Uh, I, the story, it's not my... It's it, uh, it's not probably it's not my favourite. It's not the story itself. Isn't I didn't feel like really compelled by the story just because it wasn't for me. Yeah, for me maybe, but it's still I think it's a really well told story. I think I thought it was beautiful. The film yeah. itself, right? The way it looks I and the I found it to be captivating. Yes, in terms of, like I I didn't get bored during it. There was an element of <laughs> oh, it's always that's a good. good. That's yeah. always a good thing. <laughs> a, it's a good start. My experience was somewhat different. Okay, we'll come back. Yes. Let me just say in terms of the beautiful cinematography, um, the surf photography is Rick Rafici, who's a professional who I think we can all agree knows how to shoot a wave yes. yeah. in a really evocative way. The rest of the cinematography, fun fact, shot by Martin Dean, my old housemate. Really? Oh. 20 years ago. There That's so go. cool. I knew he's him when he was in VCA. He's a friend of a friend of mine. Yeah, he was much better than everyone else in the house in terms of life trajectory. <laughs> 
It was clear at the time. You're going somewhere. It's proven to be true. And this was like his first feature film. Yeah, like he's, he's been shooting docos, I think. Yeah, and a friend, a mutual friend, uh, he was saying that he just was so he was so excited because they had obviously had this big budget and it was just like, oh yeah, we just you know I could spend so much money. It was just mind blowing the things that he could end up doing. The Simon Baker factor. Mm. Okay, returning to Jeff and his hatred. Oh, no, no, Simone, you tell what you tell us. What what did you make of it? Well, um, I actually thought it was a beautifully shot film, and I was pretty engaged. And I really loved the characterisation of the two boys, yeah. um, Samson Coulter, and I can't remember the name of the other kid who played Looney, who's actually really extraordinary in that role because he's completely unique and like fully embodies a, a character. You can't imagine the character being played. Any mm-hmm. other way other than how that kid, whose name I've forgotten, Ben something, actually plays up two um, amateur surfers who are handpicked for the role. Yes. My problem is that the emotional um, points of the film don't land um, and you can see what they're striving for in lots of scenes that are about the coming of age, that are about the sexual awakening, that are about the emotional betrayal. Sometimes they get super close to being affecting, but for a film that's so elegaic and slow-moving, when you get to those points where the emotional point is being made, you want it to land like a punch to the guts. And it didn't quite for me. So I I actually thought it was a really accomplished film and Simon Baker has, you know, enormous promises, a director... The guys were fantastic. The cinematography, Martin Dean, spot on, <laughs> well done. And um, I actually could watch the ocean for hours with nothing else happening anyway. But it just did, it just wasn't. It didn't go next level for me because I didn't feel that emotional impact. Why did you not? No, like I it? Would agree with all of that. I mean, yeah, I, I thought a great, beautifully shot, um, and the acting, especially of the two kids, was mm. amazing. I just don't care about nostalgia for small town country life. In wow, you know, a white Australian town, I just don't care. And the coming of age thing, I didn't care about that either. That's really interesting because there has been some blowback. A friend of mine said, do not read the junkie article before you go and see the film because it will ruin the film for you. There's a, there was a piece, it's just a piece that. that essentially said this is a film for like nostalgic white men, right? Um, and we don't care anymore and we want like diversity and this is an uninteresting story to tell and... I can't see why the experience of two young boys, particularly when they're when they're pointing at some very complex things in the in terms of sexual awakening, which apparently in the book are rendered in a, again far far more complex way, um, but also about the competition between two boys. Why is that any less interesting to us than than oh, no, totally any agree. story no, coming out of America? I guess that wasn't guess. really the point I was making, though. I don't. I have any problem with a, a story about. White people, yeah, right. being a white person myself, you just I'm don't like the 1970s. White people, but I, yeah, to me it just seems suffused with a deep nostalgia for a place and a time that no longer exists, and for good reason. Was so there's a difference between the, the difference between um, depicting that and being nostalgic. For I it. felt Why? like it, I don't think it was trying to be nostalgic. I yeah. actually think it was trying to. It was trying to show you the flaws of, of, of that world. Mm. So I think the, what it's showing you is this period in time. The, the cinematography is quite beautif- beautiful. It's kind of dewy and it has this nostalgic feel for the actual environment. But I don't think the story was nostalgic. I think they were kind of dissecting 
like what has come of that 70s white Australia and the problems that were within yeah. that in masculinity. See, I, I, I would have seen that film, the, the one that you're describing. Yeah, I think it is the film she's describing oh, okay. and I also think it's really classist to turn around and reject that period of time wherein people are trying to find meaning and richness within the kind of limited framework of their life's experience. I think it's really rude to dismiss that as being not worthy of like conflict and veneration and reflection. That's yeah. what I reckon. <laughs> like, no, I why? Agree. Why do we Look, go I, small town boys no, now? We don't care about I, you. I agree. I, I think it um, could be done well. I just, that film didn't, didn't engage get, me. I, just, I didn't yeah, get okay, the, well, that's fair the, enough. the nostalgia for this small town that you're talking about. I didn't get any kind of, like, nostalgia from, oh, it was just, it, it just happened to be where it was set and the time that it was set. I'd, I'd Anyway. I quite enjoyed the analogy. I love yeah. the telephone box, and I was like, "These are stuff. This is stuff that's actually rapidly disappearing from generational consciousness. Like all those little details about the seventies that were handled in a, in in such a kind of real and subtle way. Like the fact that kids sit around throwing rocks into a tin because they literally don't have their iPhones. I think it's important for cultural documents to kind of remember that stuff. And, yes, there have been some historically, yeah. but not stuff that, that kids today would necessarily have seen. Not that kids today are necessarily going to sit through a two-and-a-half-hour slow-moving poetic film about surfing. But anyway. But it wasn't boring. I didn't find it boring either. <laughs> but, my, look, to be Simon frank... Baker's quite beautiful. Yeah. Just yeah. putting it out there. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm glad you all enjoyed it. Um, but I will say <laughs> that, actually, my 14-year-old stepson did find it boring. Oh. We went in there in the hopes that he would connect with the young boys and he was like, that movie was yeah, too slow. Yeah, but I see that. <laughs> maybe yeah. not a film for people that age. It's not a film for people that age because yeah. the kinky sex stuff. <laughs> well, I didn't know it was coming. So, <laughs> yeah, um, I think it is probably, I think it's not an unpleasant way to spend two and a half hours in the cinema and I think it's probably a really great primer for the book and introduction to the potential of Tim Winton because I'm going to go read the book now. Have you seen any of the other filmic Tim Winton no. Okay. <laughs> 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 Moving on. <laughs> All right, so my Yoldi will talk to you again soon. Three triple R. Creature Creatures here on Breakfast today. We're lucky enough to be joined from by Simon Hinckley from Museums. Victoria, how are you going, Simon? I'm good, thanks, Jeff. We're going to talk about bed bugs, the best bugs of all. Yes, well, last time we did uh, beautiful, fluttering, nectar-feeding, lovely coloured butterflies, and I thought we'd um, swing back the other way and do bed bugs. So that old saying, uh, good night, sleep tight, don't let the bed bugs bite, that uh, people used to hand out has become uh, much more relevant these days. So basically... Um, Bed bugs are a species, a group, a common name for a group of species. There's uh, tropical bed bugs, there's uh, bed bugs that feed on bats. But the species that we would get in Melbourne uh, is Cymex lectularius. They're basically about five or six millimetres long and they're a, a rusty brown colour when they're adults. And they're uh, obligate blood feeders. So basically they will feed on uh, human blood, other species if they can't get people. But... Um, uh, it's a, uh, the species that we get in Melbourne is not native to Australia. They were introduced by uh, with European settlement. Huh. And um, they have gone gangbusters since about maybe the 80s, the 90s. So they really dropped off in number in the mid-20th century and they've, they've roared back now. And there's a number of uh, suggestions as to why that might be. Backpackers. <laughs> <laughs> what? Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. What is backpackers? 
They are spreading them everywhere. Yeah, said with a certain vehemence, <laughs> but yes. I've I, I got them once in San Fran and I've... Blame the backpack. Yeah, well, I got them in Bucharest, and I think when you oh. pay $16 a night for a hotel yeah. room, you get what you pay for. <laughs> so, um, yes. But, yeah, certainly um, the boom in global travel. Like, when I was a kid, plane, plane travel was something like was for the middle class or the well-off, but yeah. now with the boom in um, in cheap carriers, there's millions, many more millions of people each year travelling, and the bed bugs are basically dorsoventually eventually flattened. So if you think of a flea which is laterally flattened, a, a bed bug is dorsoventually eventually flattened, so, like, someone's dropped a book on it. Yeah. So very, very flat, and that's perfect for them to get into things like um, bed frames, mattress folds, behind wallpaper, behind pictures, that sort of stuff. So, as Sarah said, um, they will get they can get into your luggage. You leave Paris, London, Bucharest, come back to Melbourne, and they're still there. They can go months without a feed. Yes. Um, and then you bring them home. You've got a nice, warm, heated house. You've got a, a nice, warm body lying in the bed. And there's something about um, I think they really mess with people's minds. The good thing is they don't spread diseases, which is great because. That would be a real health risk. But the idea of something coming for you in the night in your bed where you're meant to be safe and comfortable and cosy really does distress people. So, um, Do they only get you in the bed? No, they'll get you um, apparently some movie cinemas. Um, <laughs> um, if, if they're in the couch, movie if they're cinemas. in the movie cinema, um, you know, nice and dark, you sit down. Oh, now, yeah. they are extraordinarily tough to get rid of, aren't they? Because I've had a friend who brought them back from England and a year later, having thought she'd cleared her house of them, woke up with a bite one night Ah, so 12 months of not having been bitten because they'd got into the wood all over the house and... That's why they really freak people out because they are really hard to get rid of and, you know, you want to be able to go to bed and relax and have a good night's sleep without the idea that these things are coming for you. Um, They can come for you in the day if if they're really hungry. (laughs) So if if you've been away for a while and you come home and sit on the couch and they're in the couch, they will... Come for you. They will come for you. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But, yeah, so they don't spread disease and they'll go through a number of uh, larval molts. Uh, But what what was one of the really interesting things... I was reading about them was, uh, well, a couple of, one horrific thing, which is they practice... Um, They're always tra- horrific. Well, they are horrific, but to make them less appealing, they practice traumatic insemination. What? So... <laughs> what? So know bas- what that is, but that sounds very bad. Basically, the males will just, they'll just stab a female in the abdomen. They don't go for a particular... Aperture. Good, aperture. Thank you, Jeff. They will just go, I've got a sharp hypodermic syringe genitalia and they'll just they'll apparently they'll stab other species I'm not coping with this at all <laughs> wow. they'll actually go for males and the males have they have an alarm pheromone so if a male climbs on a male they'll release this alarm pheromone that says hey don't don't be stabbing me <laughs> in the abdomen so the females is it always actually- the abdomen yeah, at least it's in the abdomen. So basically the idea that you just stab in the abdomen and it will eventually work its way to the ovaries. Okay. So you don't stab in the head or anything because that will never get to the right spot. But So you stab in the ovaries and it wow. sort of gets there. Who of these things? Oh, it's, it's, you sort of go, why? <laughs> and you do go, Didn't why? Didn't I dislike them anymore. <laughs> Sorry. No, look, I'm, I'm not a fan. I, you know, I'm sure they do something, but I can't think of it. Do they? But... Um, <laughs> The females in some species have actually developed like a patch to sort of give them like a target range. So at least if you're going to just stab me in the abdomen, at least aim for this Jesus general Christ. area. Because and obviously, do, but do, do the females die? No, so that's that's the thing. So the females don't resist. So, but they do have a wound, which is not ideal because then you've got oh. the possibility of infection, that sort of stuff. So the females aren't trying to get away, but they've gone. Hey, at least look, I've developed a patch. Can you just go for this? Region, so it's a bit more okay. sort of toughened. Or now, one of the tricks I was taught when you go into a hotel room to look for them is to pick up the corners of your bed and see if there's little blood spots. 
Is that Perfect. why there's blood spots? Because, yeah, basically these things feed on blood, so blood comes in and a blood-like excreta comes oh, out. Okay. So, like, if you go into... And it's not just hostile, so we don't want to... thought wanna... it was the abdomen stabbing. No, <laughs> no, no. <laughs> 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 so we don't want to hammer the backpackers too much because you can get them in a first-class hotel. Can, if someone yeah. goes from from the, you know, won't name names, but if you go from a hotel in Paris to back to Melbourne, you can get bed, bring bed bugs home. So a friend of mine who used to travel in um, in less salubrious places, he would, if he went in, he'd pick up the bed and drop it. So if they're all gathered in the frame, when you drop the bed, they'll fall out and you'll go, oh, bed bugs. Or if you walk in and see blood spots on the wall, blood spots on the sheets... And they also have a smell. It's really hard to describe. Some some places describe it as like coriander. Some say rotting raspberries because they're sort of excreting like blood sort of products. When you when I get them in the jar at the museum, they're live. You can smell. It's quite a sweet, sickly smell. So uh, yeah. So is it um, a steel bed frame? Is that a good start? Well, anything because there's so, they're, because the doors eventually in... flattened, they'll get into the the cracks of steel bed frames, wooden yeah. bed frames. Oh, okay. It's just oh, the crack. I, I got them in a steel bed frame. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, also, now can they be attracted? What happened to me when it happened was like ten years ago in San Fran. They would come out and if feed on me at night in the mm. first night, but they didn't bite my partner. They only bought, bit him once or twice. So is it? Do they have something similar to mosquitoes and that they're more attracted to a certain type of blood? Or possibly, but it could also be that. Uh, people react in very different ways. So some people get bitten and have uh, almost no reaction and some people get bitten and can have up to an allergic reaction yeah, I look or diseased. just get welts. Yeah. yeah. And often they bite in a row. So, you know, you sort Breakfast, of Breakfast, lunch and dinner. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't that right? The three bites. That's how you identify them. Wow. Because you sort of go, oh, if you've got just a bite, you go, oh, could could have been a mozzie. But often when you get a row, you go, oh, bed bugs. Um, so, yeah, it's it's always good to have a bit of a look around and if you're seeing any evidence of blood or anything like that, it's say, oh, thanks, I'll, I'll move you on. You have come oh. up with some disgusting creatures. But I think these bed bugs are They're possibly not, the most disgusting. I was actually trying to think of how do I spin this as in, oh, yeah, they do all these bad things, but... And I haven't come up with a but yet. I'm not sure what but good they do. How, so how do you get... Because I've heard that you can wash your sheets and they you just end up with wet bed bugs. <laughs> Certainly um, they're, they're temperature sensitive. So if you at about, I think, 45, 46 degrees will kill them and also cold. So if you, for example, knew that... Let's just say you, you, you've gone to your backpackers or your, your first-class hotel and you go, oh, no, I've been bitten by bed bugs. When you came home, you would make sure that you froze your luggage or that if it was a hot day, you'd put it in black plastic and leave it in the sun for hours to cook anything in there. The, what you don't want to do is get them into the house because then they are difficult to get rid of. Yeah, so... um. They are a real problem. I think like in New York, uh, there was 500 cases in 2004. There was 10,000 in 2009. So it's that level of increase. Yeah, I had a friend living in in New York who I told her that you were coming in to talk about bed bugs and it was like both hands on the table, (laughs) let me tell you about bed bugs. She had to live through it and she said it was the worst experience of her life trying to get rid of them. So there's no sprays or poisons or anything that... You pretty much... uh, My understanding is you pretty much have to get professional pest control unless you happen to know they're just in my bag and you treat that before you bring it into the house. Once they get established, you pretty much need to get professional assistance. And... And ring a couple of companies at least because there are some not ideal companies out there. So it's always best to ring around and get some quotes. Yeah. I'm going to ring you first. <laughs> <laughs> Just to give the bed bugs a chance, yep. there's any reason for their existence that is positive? I was reading that they there's something... <laughs> <laughs> Fair and they're, they're, they're food for something. So they're food for various spiders, various other insects. Um, Could you bring some spiders in and put them in your bed to get rid of them? 
that, that was suggested um, that, that uh, they <laughs> biological control will take out some numbers, but it won't be enough. Yeah, um, and then yeah, actually that, that's you can try. Spice <laughs> yeah. Jesus. Um, but uh, yeah, so so they're not ideal, but. Um, yeah, so they are they are food for a number of things, and there was some suggestion that they have. There was something now I forgot what it was, but there was something about them that had the ability to sort of uh, negate fungi or bacteria. So who knows? What, you know, we might find that oh, because when bed bugs bite you, they obviously release anticoagulants to make the blood flow. They have an anaesthesia, so you don't wake up when you're being fed on. And there might be some suggestion that there's some compound they use that could maybe be used by us. So let's not all... And they don't spread disease. They don't spread disease, that's right. It's better than a mozzie. (laughs) Good work. Exactly. They're not spreading malaria. Well done, Gerald. Yeah. (laughs) Thanks, Simon Hinckley from Museums Victoria. You've done it again. We'll see you again soon. You're listening to a podcast from Community Radio 3RRR in Melbourne, Australia. You're in RRR. Uh, listening to the breakfasters. So uh, I reckon there's a few things that... Uh, I don't think there's much much that's more embarrassing as an adult than when you get told off yes. by other adults in public as a grown-up, don't yes. you reckon? My mate um, messaged me yesterday and she'd gone to this store, like a white goods store. She said she saw a Dyson vacuum cleaner. You know the ones that love them. you love? The, the ones that you can... The, the stick vacuum. The stick vacuums, okay? Obsessed with the stick vacuums. And she was walking past the counter and said, oh, I really would love a Dyson stick vacuum. Um, and she goes, but, you know, they're only for the rich. And she just said this as she walked past and the lady behind the counter misheard her and went, excuse me, there's no need to use that language. They are not for the bitches. And she said, what? And, she's, and she they obviously thought she said that they're only for the bitch, maybe behind the counter. Oh, sorry for the swears on the radio, by the way. And so the late, and my friend stood there and was like, Everyone what? has a dot. What is a B word? Uh, it was the weirdest thing and she just, but she didn't know how to respond. She didn't want to go, that's not what I said, because it was so kind of, she was so taken aback by the fact the lady yeah. had told her off really publicly in a way that was kind of... Or maybe she she did, didn't mishear her at all. Oh. It was like, don't you talk about rich people like, like that? that? <laughs> you B-word. <laughs> yeah. So, I love those Dysons, though. They are bloody good, aren't they? Yes. But I just, it made me laugh so much because she said it made her feel like a child... Again, because yeah. she just didn't know how to respond. It was, it was similar to when you're at a dinner as a kid and the your uncle would tell you off. You know, not your parents. Yes. All the you know the parents of your friend would tell you off, and you didn't know how to respond. You were so deeply embarrassed. It was always especially especially severe, wasn't it? If yeah. someone outside the family had to tell you off. Yeah. Do you know I my mum would often tell other children oh my off. God. My dad would do that all the time. How cringeworthy oh, is that? So embarrassing. Yeah, and they, like they was wasn't a problem. And even now, as an adult, I you know I think we all do that. Have this. Oh, should, when should I step in and tell this and child say to, something? Yeah. yeah. But my mum would always put that down. I'm like, mum, they're just they're just they're, they're not yours. Stay <laughs> so away. Funny. Although I was at a, uh, at a gig the other night. Um, and there was people in the audience that kept on um, chatting throughout the show. Oh, my God. It's, there is this really – there is a point in a show where someone's talking too much. It's, you have to allow it for a little bit. Yeah. And then there's a moment where you have to go, it's time for me to step yes. in. Yeah. 
And, you know, I felt so invigorated. I'm really happy that I did this, but I became the Shusha. Oh, what show at, was it? It was just at a, at a comedy night, like yeah, a, just right. at a normal gig, um, like in the city, in this bar. And there was a, like a, they have like a two big booths and one booth was full of audience members and the other booth was full of comedians. So I'm like sitting in at the next to the other booth and all the people in the booth and around us were just having a bit of a chat while the show was on. And I just... Just all I did, I didn't tell them off. I just was sat there going, shh, shh. And I, I kind of hate you because I hate that person <laughs> who does that. I know, but I, I, I understand the desire to do it. And did they? It um, felt so good. Yeah. <laughs> did they react or did they? Yeah, they piped down, and yeah, they, right. you know, there was a bit of oh yeah, sorry. Sometimes people double down on it. You know what I mean? Like you, yes. you're in the movies or whatever, you tell someone to shush and, and then, then they, they make a point of yeah. talking extra loud. Or eating their popcorn extra would loud. You, I feel it's something that you would do. Do you do that? <laughs> no. No, I I feel hate. like Jeff's the guy that talks loudly in the films. <gasps> yeah, that's what I mean. Oh, yeah, I think you meant you're the shush. Oh, well, yeah, I have opinions about what's happening. I want to share with them with people. And you turn around and go, oh, what about this? <laughs> Yeah, you do yeah, you, do, you definitely do. I'm usually looking at my watch and how much <laughs> longer do we have to stay? <laughs> That's true. That is actually true. My sister told people off at, um, oh, she was at, what's that, the Hamer Hall? It was a Hamer Hall gig mm. a year or so ago. Oh, and it was really, pretty fancy too. Right, fancy and kind of a quiet show. And she said the people behind her just talked and talked and she was trying not to be the angry person. Mm. And eventually she turned around and said, can you, oh, it's Finn Stevens, I think. And she said, can you just, you know, like, Put a lid on it a little bit, and they had a. Go- they said to her, "We're at a gig," and she said, "Well, it's not the corner hotel. You know, there's a difference <laughs> yes. between being at Hamer Hall and then, but then you have to sit in front of them for the whole time, and it's this weird kind yeah, of. I feel like they're all talking about yeah, you hide your back, and they definitely are. <laughs> oh man, I loved it. We were at the um, theatre. Uh, like an MTC once and I had friends that work at the art centre. So, um, you know, just in the box office they were there. And then so we're sitting there watching the show and there was this couple in front of us, this young couple that kept on canoodling, like just getting a bit too, like kissing each other and uh, hugging each other and putting heads uh, on their shoulders and stuff. And it was just too much. It's just, it's just... Yes, in a th- it's distracting. I actually was at a gig the other night and a couple were kissing during a song and it really upset me. Yeah. Don't it's, kiss in front of me. It's did, distracting. Did no, I just kind of looked uncomfortable. <laughs> the seats are, you know, they're arranged so you can sit watch in between people. Oh, yeah, you don't want people and then putting people their heads together. In, you can't see and it's, it's very distracting. And and my friend leant over and both of them at the same time, they, they both reached that point of like, I've had enough. <laughs> and they both reached over and tapped them on the shoulder at the same time oh. and were like, please, that's enough, cut it out. Oh, no. How did the people react? Oh, they were ashamed. And were they? Oh. Did they, sat, oh, no, they sit kind rigidly of still for the Yeah, they complex. kind of went, you know, oh, right, the, the place I get told off the most is the football. And, but Why is that? Do you swear? Sometimes I, yeah, sometimes I swear and I yell. And once I got told off for swearing in the MCC, which That's was annoying true. because I preemptively apologised, so I used the C word by accident, and then I preemptively apologised to everyone and said, sorry, that wasn't meant to come out of my mouth. And then a lady took it upon herself to tell me off anyway and said, yeah, you better be sorry. You'll be taken oh. out if you say that again. So then I made oh. a point. Uh, so bad. I made a point of barracking really, really loudly but not using any swear words after that. But uh, I realised I was in the wrong initially. She just kind of got on her high horse. And yeah. the other night I wasn't in the wrong. I was at the footy and a guy, I was looking for my brother in the crowd and a guy said, got really angry at me standing in the stairs for maybe kind of in his view for about 
maybe 30 seconds. Yeah. And he said, then he just said, no, he didn't say excuse me. He said, move, girl, move. Oh. And I turned around, I know. And I turned around and I said, okay, you don't have to be rude about it. And then he said, well, I'm trying not to be. And I said, well, you're not trying very hard. And he goes, well, this is you were rude. And then I said, I hope your parents are proud of you. <laughs> and then he said, they are. And then I would walk down the stairs in a huff and then I realised my brother was in the road that that man was in and I was like, oh, God, I had to walk. Oh, and I, I was like, you, excuse me. Excuse I don't know me. how you do this for entertainment. Uh, it's so traumatic. Uh, yeah, it's quite unfortunate. I've got to say, though, that I wouldn't expect this in a shop like your friend, you know, being told off by the shop assistant. Yeah. Mm. You feel like in a shop you're there to be served you yeah, know what I mean? like but at the same time, like if you hear someone walking past and think Dun- that they'd said Dyson's effort. Yeah. <laughs> Dyson's effort bitches. I would just yeah. be too stunned. I'd be trying to think about how that would possibly work. Or, yeah. But uh, I was just thinking the other day I went to buy some new um, running shoes mm. and um, they put you on a treadmill. And um, they make you <laughs> do run. They really? Yeah, they no, do. They that get... is so demeaning. I oh, know, totally. Oh my and they God. have a camera that takes a photo because it's a special running shop. Okay. It, it, it films your feet as you run and right. it analyzes your running action. And oh, that is so bad. And so they can get the right shoes. You know, there's sometimes they've got to be elevated here or they've got to have yeah. high arches or whatever. What but do you do with your face when you're doing that? Well, this is the thing. They're giving you a running commentary on your running style and yeah. saying, mm. yes, those knees are sticking out a little bit too much and uh, there's a bit of a problem with the ankle. <laughs> do you just do murder eyes at them? My running technique was being critiqued in this crowd. It's, I think it's a combination of murder eyes and what what's going on. <laughs> <laughs> What? 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 Yes, exactly. You're listening to the best bits of the Breakfasters from 3RRR.